Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the Bear of Texas, and it gives me great honor to welcome back one of the co-hosts of the Guys Gabin Gridiron Show and the fiercely appainted Mr. Josh McSwain. Josh, it has been so long, my friend. Welcome back. Yes, it truly has. It's been too long. Glad to be back on the show. Well, I think it's about time that you were back on Cowboys Talk, and I uh, I have been listening to, to your show uh, with the uh, Mister uh, with Mister AJ Torres, and you guys are such a brilliant dynamic duo on a brilliant show, y'all. If you guys love my show, I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend you check out the Guys Gabbing Gridiron Show. It is absolutely unique. So I understand, yeah, I was looking at a conversation on Twitter you were having with my uh, social media team on the on the uh, podcast uh, Twitter, and uh, <laughs> it seems that obviously uh, you, you did kind of bring mention that that last, after what happened in week two, there was a little bit of a break from my usual uh, warpath rage, if you will. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the, the wrath of criticism, I think, is how you entitled it, but you, know, you, were, you were spot on, but... I'll be honest, I'm glad I did not have to do it. And honestly, as long as the Cowboys win and in good fashion, then then I don't have to. So, I mean, I beg the Cowboys, don't make me have to do that. Don't make me do it. And last week, miraculously, they almost did make me do it, but thankfully they found a way to, to avoid that. So the question is, will they be able to do it this on Monday against the New York Giants? Well, certainly not going to be a walk in the park for the Cowboys. Not with the Giants, not anymore. I would agree with that. It's going to be a fairly close game, I think. And if I'm being totally honest, I don't think either team is all that good. I mean, the Giants are 2-0, but, you know, the Giants, you know, beat Tennessee, and that was courtesy of a missed field goal. They beat Carolina, and we all know how Carolina is, but... That is correct. There was an article on ESPN this week said that the Giants might be the worst 2-0 and team ever. And, you know, there's some points they make there that are pretty good. I mean, just look at the teams that they beat. They were both mediocre at best. Coming into this season, I wasn't convinced that Derrick Henry was going to be his usual form anymore. Just think about it. All of the carries that he's had over the years, he's coming off the injury that kept him out most of the season. I think he's 28 years old. Might have to double check that. It's 27, 28. And that's usually when running backs start to decline. And just look at all of the wear and tear he's had over the years. Big physical backs, they usually don't have extraordinarily long careers. And He was not very good against the Bills. Granted, the Bills' defense is great, but against the Giants, ran for 82 yards on 21 carries. It's a little under four carries, still not good. But then Christian McCaffrey ran for over 100 yards against the Giants last week. I actually looked this up. Cowboys and the Giants are, I think, 18 and 19 in the NFL in run yards allowed per game. But if you actually look at the yards per carry given up, the Cowboys are at 4.2, while the Giants are at 4.9. So if there was any more of a time where the message of run the football was clear, 
It is this week. If Kellen Moore doesn't get the message, oh my god, oh boy, you yeah, you'll have a field day if he doesn't. So you got to pound Zeke and make sure Pollard gets some touches as well, and you just got to stay with it. I don't think the Cowboy, or excuse me, I don't think the Giants' offense is all that dynamic. Daniel Jones has not thrown for over two hundred yards in the two games so far this season. He's been sacked eight times through two games. Fine. It's not Joe Burrow level, but you got to be like, hey, Micah Parsons, can you, you know, get us a couple sacks in this one at least? Maybe more. Well, problem is Micah Parsons is questionable because he's missed practice twice this week due to a illness. You know, I, I swear to God, not surprising you did the same exact research that I did before the show mentioning these stats. Yes, the, the the Giants' rushing defense is not very good. And yes, the Cowboys need to run the ball effectively. But as I wrote in my preview with Third Down Thursdays, the Cowboys need a well-balanced offense, meaning the running game and the passing game need to be at full strength. All right? And yes, right. the message is 250% crystal clear. So if Kellamore obviously does not get the damn message, and if he decides to do what he does best, the conservative questionable play calling sputtered the offense after a brief spark. I will go back on a rant. And Josh, you cannot deny that this time it will be solidifiably justified. Justifiably solidified, or as I like to say, I kind of got it reversed. But I think you get the point. Oh, definitely. You talked about having balance on offense. That brings me to my point. Why were people so quick to just throw Cooper Rush away like he was just garbage? Like, we saw the dude against the Vikings last year. He is serviceable. He's not going to be making anyone think he's the next Aaron Rodgers anytime soon or nothing like that. He's nothing crazy, but he's good enough to at least move the chains and people thought they should have brought in big ben out of retirement oh. or as i called him on twitter the ghost of ben roethlisberger because did you watch him last year man big ben was so bad it's like dude is as they said in men in black too old and busted and then <laughs> colin kaepernick who's been out of the league six oh. years this is oh. not political at all but come on now a guy who's been in the system knows the offense this just makes no sense to me i mean people are just saying dumb stuff like this just to get views like who is next brett Favre? maybe he needs another paycheck actually just stole the all uh. those welfare dollars from mississippi so he probably doesn't unless he has to pay hush money to someone he sent pictures of his dingling to or, or you know, Drew Brees, uh, for instance, maybe Philip Rivers. But, but go back to Colin pa Ka Kaepernick. You want to go no political? I said that on the show, uh, on, on the recap last week. Okay. Well, I must have been on the preview before the Bengals. I'm like, let me remind everybody that Colin Kaepernick lost his starting job to a guy named Blaine Gabbert. All right. He's been out of football. For many years, okay, we're not going with somebody that has been in football for so long. We're going with somebody that's been part of the team for a long time that knows the organization's offense. He knows the way around. He's been here for a while. You go with him. Yeah, I mean, it's like, why have the guy if you're not going to trust him in a situation like this? Just makes no sense. I, I, I forgot. Like, at one point, I even suggested that Josh Rosen would be a good backup for Dak Prescott. And people thought that was stupid. Okay, if you think that's stupid, then that's fine. That's your opinion. Okay, but 
if anybody's suggesting or therefore insisting Colin Kaepernick come to the Cowboys, well, that, ladies and gentlemen, that's stupidity at its finest right there. In Cooper Rush, I trust. And honestly, we all know when it comes to trust with the Cowboys, there's very little to absolutely no trust with me with the Cowboys, but I do trust Cooper Rush. I really have to get that out, all right? And Cooper Rush really has made the most of his opportunity, so there's really truly no denying that. Now, he's 2-0, and but the pressure is now a little bit alleviated, but I think he should be okay. But, Josh, going in this game, all right, so far – Last week, obviously, the offensive line was not the problem, but the concern for the offensive line, make no mistake about it, it's still there. The wor- Me being worried about the offensive line, it's still out there. Right, and I was also looking up how it might go down this week. Looks like Tyler Smith will stay at left tackle. And an article today said that Jason Peters, they're looking at him at a couple of different spots. I don't know if they'd put him potentially at left guard, which is a position I don't think he's played at all in his career. Wait, did they actually did they confirm that he's actually going to be suiting up? Like he's not he's actually been promoted to the active roster. Well, this is from Cowboy Maven on Fan Nation. This is from 11 hours ago. They are looking at him at both left tackle and left guard. So I think it would be reasonable to say that he will be active in this one. I mean, well, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, something to be worried about is the corner ESPN from a day ago, Kayvon Thibodeau is expected to play again for the Giants against Dallas. So, yes, and that is going to be a much needed boost for the Giants because they only have three sacks through two games. They need to find a way to get some pressure, or they're going to be looking at a loss. The Cowboys need Micah Parsons. There's plenty of other talent out there, but we need Micah Parsons. And you mentioned earlier, you know, I'm glad you brought it up. Daniel Jones has yet to even throw for 200 yards in a game. That is correct. The threat has been Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that is pretty much true. Obviously, he had a huge game in the opener against Tennessee. He's also been used out of the as a receiver out of the backfield a lot. It's almost reaching the point of like early 2010s Adrian Peterson in Minnesota. This continues anymore. That's what it's going to be like. I mean, yeah, except at the same time, I always like to say Saquon Barkley is no prime Adrian Peterson, but you know, that's besides the point. <sighs> so how do you feel overall going going into this game for the Cowboys? You know, this is really tough to pick because way I see it, you got two fairly mediocre teams, but you think the Cowboys are kind of suited to go into the Giants' weak areas of pass protection and run defense. But also, I already think Brian Dable might be a better coach than Mike McCarthy. And I know it's been two games in New York, but still... Dable just seems to know how to manage a game and and get things done. The talent he has is somewhat limited, so even though it's only been two mediocre teams, just getting to two and zero, I think you gotta really think he's done a good job with that. And I imagine this will be like a twenty-one seventeen game, one way or the other. It's kind of tough to say. 
Another thing for the Cowboys, I hope they get Dalton Schultz involved a little more this week. He's been one of the better threats. Well, one of the better tight ends from last year. It was really quiet against Cincinnati. Hopefully he can make more of an impact this week. I mean, Dalton Schultz is in a dire situation because he needs to have a good year so he can hold leverage when it comes to contract negotiations. But but sadly, regardless, I kind of feel like this is this is the last this season is the last we're gonna see Schultz in a a Cowboys uniform. But we'll get we'll get to that. You know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, I'm looking at a piece right now that's you know from the Star the website known as the Star by a writer by the name of Evan Star. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? It's called why the Dallas Cowboys? Why the Dallas defense will dominate the Giants on Monday Night Football? Now I read this guy's piece. You know. He's basically doing journalism the way that you and I like to do. Like, in other words, he's doing it the correct way. He's putting in the stats. He's putting in the facts. I mean, he's basically, like I just said, he's doing journalism work the way it's supposed to be done. He's basically proving his point to the best of his ability. That's what it's all about. And he mentions, of course, the Giants are 2-0. But as you kindly said, that I think it's been strongly believed that the Giants are arguably the worst 2-0 team in history. But here's something important. The Giants averaged three point have ever excuse me against the, the Panthers. The Giants averaged about three point eight yards per play. Here's the interesting part, Josh. Let me know when you're ready because you're you're definitely going to hear this. Yeah, I'm ready. That is actually worse than the Cowboys' performance in Week One against Tampa. And as you mentioned, Daniel Jones has been sacked. I think you said eight, nine times already. I think it's eight. It's eight. Okay, this guy says eight, so. I'm I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take y'all's word for it, but the bottom line is Jones has been sacked a pretty high amount of times. I mean, I, I I'd imagine that Joe Burrow's probably the only guy that's uh, higher than him because Joe Burrow is well over 12 at this point. But anyway, and but it's not only the sacks; it's the 26 total pressures. So if we have Micah Parsons, if if the Cowboys off defensive line can break through this young Giants offensive line, Daniel Jones is gonna get eaten alive. It could very well see it, but we have we need Micah Parsons over every over anything right now. We need the guy because he sets the tone. So definitely, the defense can certainly have a good day, okay? But we've seen this numerous times, Josh. If the defense does good, but the offense is not doing anything, that defense eventually gets so badly overwhelmed they get exhausted, and the Cowboys do not win. Right, so not, that seemed not, to be what happened in last week against Cincinnati. Defense just sort of ran out of gas in the second half. Or so we thought. Or so we thought. I mean, oh, Trayvon Diggs. Oh, that playoff. Trayvon Diggs. Man, look at that. Goes back to the famous line from Bill Parcells when he was coaching the Giants against the Bills in the Super Bowl. Shorten the game. That's what the Cowboys got to do this week. Yeah. So So basically, I said, look, the running game has to be alive, okay? And I and I said this in the article too because it's clear, it's common sense for goodness' sake. If the offense is effective, you do not abandon it. Why? Because quite frankly, there is no legitimate reason to abandon it. If I was a if I was an offensive coordinator, if the running game was so well that we were averaging over seven yards each carry, I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care if the wide receivers ever uh, get angry for not having a catch. Like here's the deal: our offense kept going, okay. Do, did you really want me to take that chance of ruining it? But 
see, that, that's what worries me. Like, maybe the, the running game drives up the field, and all of a sudden, Kellen Moore wants to do a trick play or one of those, you know, ridiculous plays. I mean, that's what worries me the most. We've seen what Cal Kellen Moore does. I do not exaggerate when I say I do not trust Kellen Moore, but I have to repeatedly remind everybody I never trusted Kellen Moore. Right from the get-go, never trusted the guy. Right. The thing is, you know that the Giants' defense is going to be trying to stop the run. Might have eight in the box a lot of the time. So it will open some of those plays down the field a little bit, but... Again, how much are you going to be aggressive and how much are you just going to rely on your two-headed attack out of the backfield? To me, I still think even if they're coming up to stop it, run game has to be established to be to start with. And then later you could take a few chances down the field to keep the Giants defense honest. That's how I would go into it. I mean, if if the Giants, if the Giants rushing defense, if, if we're able to fool them with these trick, with these fake running games, and then if, if Pollard or if Schultz or Bre- or Noah Brown or any of the guys are open for like, uh, even if it's a short yard, if it's for like ten to twenty yards like that, then so be it. Like if we have to stick to these screenplays or these plays just to wear them out, then fine. Like basically, we just have to basically keep the Giants defense intact, and we got we we, we can't let them. We have to be. They have to be ahead of them by two moves. We can't. We, we can't let them be ahead of us. Like in a game of like right. in a game of like, like in a game of chess, if you will, plan out your strategies as early as you can and do it throughout the game because that's how the game is played. Right. I mean, normally I'm always like that on the Cowboys, but I really believe the Cowboys can win this game. They have what it takes, but again, what worries me the most is the offen- is the is the offensive play calling and the offensive line like that. I mean. Ezekiel Elliott. Now we all know how I how how tough on Zeke I've been, but so far this season, I, you you can't blame Zeke. Honestly, I mean you you probably can't blame him at all. I mean I don't think he's been fed the ball enough. The running game really has not been used you know so much yet. I mean it's been abandoned for most of the time. Right. I was talking to a friend. We're in a fantasy league together. He had Zeke on his team. He said he was considering dropping him. I told him. I don't think I would do that right now. Yeah, his fantasy totals have been low, but that's largely because he hasn't gotten into the end zone. You still look at his number of carries. He's carried the ball 25 times through two games. Against the Buccaneers, averaged over five yards a carry. Granted, against Cincinnati, it was under four. But I still think if you keep giving him the ball he'll eventually get it going and he'll eventually find the end zone although gotta mix in a little of Pollard as well because we know that he can make plays in the passing game as well so we saw that against Cincinnati now that it's unfortunate right. that the touchdown well we don't have to be stabbed with a touchdown being taken away because he got his touchdown back just on the next play so but the see and I spoke this with Mr. John Misap okay I said, you see what happens when you just give Tony Pollard your blessings and your faith and your trust? He can deliver for you. All you got to do is just give him the ball, let him run with it. He can give you something great, okay? I mean, I don't want to hear that we're paying Ezekiel Elliott more. Okay, fine, I get it, okay? But it's about winning. It is about winning, and if Pollard's the guy that can help us win more than Zeke, you have to just take that chance. It is what it is. At the end of the day, it's business. 
And winning, the more you win, that means good business. And that hasn't been the case with the Cowboys for God knows how long. Right. So anyway, so going to this game, uh, I, I didn't really make any predictions on the uh, on my preview that I wrote, but now provided we Michael Parsons plays uh, is is uh, able to play, he's active, and if if his uh, performance is not badly affected by him missing two practices. I believe the Cowboys can get, definitely register at least four sacks. And could you imagine if Michael Parsons adds an additional two sacks in, in this game? I mean, that would be after three games, he's at six He's at six sacks already. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And without motivation and the kind of player he is, he's only going to want to keep going. I mean, sometimes I really think like Michael Parsons is basically on his way to becoming the pride of the Cowboys in the future. Some would argue it's Trayvon Diggs. Some would argue maybe it's a CeeDee Lamb. But right now... I mean, Micah Parsons is the player that everybody's got their eyes on. For sure. So the way I see it, um, I think the Cowboys will certainly be able to get to Daniel Jones. Now, Daniel Jones, as much as the Cowboys have been have, have, have beaten him up in the in the past, I mean, let's not forget he didn't he didn't in fact beat us back in 2020 in that particular game in the final week. But Daniel Jones might actually have a couple of good plays, but. If the Cowboys can keep the pressure and sack him and, like, you'll play good defense, then the defense should have no problem. But, again, it's what the offense does that's really going to really set a, a certain tone. I mean, the defense can do everything they can, but, if the, like I said, if the offense does nothing, then you're, not, you're, you're just going to get stuck. Right. So, what do you, so uh, how, how do you predict this game turning out to? Well, like I said earlier, it was – I have 21-17. You know, who – Gets the 21, you could make a decent argument both ways. My thing is, I just don't really pick against a team if I've picked against them twice and gotten it wrong both times. (sighs) But this is going to... Well, I thought about making an exception. I picked the Giants on my show. I've gone back and forth about it even after making that prediction. But I oh, guess I, I have to like, stick with it. what I said on my show. I'll go with the Giants, though I don't feel very good about it. Okay, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm, I, don't, I would never want to throw you on the bus because, look, at the end of the day, Josh, it's a judgment call. And I, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but in, in our world, I mean, especially for me as a sports writer, these, these judgment calls, you're at a point where you're backed into a corner. You just have to make that call. And if, if you if you get it wrong, then you got it wrong. But at the end of the day, it's a judgment call. Let's be honest. Nobody gets no, nobody's perfect on all their calls. I mean, I I, I mean, so far I I've been terrible. I've been terrible with call, with calls so far this season, both in NFL and college football. <laughs> yeah. So I I know what it's like to really you know to to make the wrong picks. But I'm gonna be honest. This is rare for me to do, but I'm actually going with the Cowboys. Very rarely I'm picking the freaking Cowboys to get the job done. I think the Cowboys win it 24 to 20. Right. So we both have a four-point spread. And not only that, but I, I think the Cowboys win it off of, off of a late touchdown. It's, it's going to be a bit re- reminiscent to Cooper Rush's first start last year. That's just that's just the way I feel about it. But th- this game, I, I feel like it's, it's going to be difficult to watch. And, and I really feel like this game... Like you said, it could go either way, but my gut tells me that the Cowboys are somehow going to pull this off, okay? And I'm sure, I'm sure some of these fans that listen to the show that, that you know that really hate it when I'm always you know like that. I'm pretty sure they're going to ask me what I, what do I have to say? And if they win, I'm like, well then keep winning, okay? 
But if they win, but there's there's a lot of unconvincing, a, a lot of times in the game where things went horribly wrong, I'm not. I, that's not going to go ignored. Believe me, it, it has to be talked about because while I would not want to take the win away, these these concerns they can't be ignored. I mean, it, in other words, like it's to show that you know if you pay attention to the game, if you know the game well, like you, you're you're going to spot the rights and the wrongs, and you feel compelled to talk about it. And that, that's what I plan on doing. I'm basically firm at this point. I have the Cowboys winning, so Cowboys don't make me don't make me regret placing my faith in you because this is very rare that I do that. But don't make me regret it. And that's pretty much all I got to say about that. So, Mr. McSwain, any final words? Well, I just want to say, check out guys, Gabin Gridiron. It's on Spotify. It's now on YouTube. We got one show on YouTube from a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, we couldn't do a video recording this week, but we're going to be back on that next week. Definitely um, looking to grow our audience there. Very um, interesting dynamic when someone from the North and someone from the South give their perspectives. Absolutely. Hopes. Well, one of the final points of, the, of this game is that Michael Gallup, I believe, is uh, is set to uh, to play to play the, in this game, so we'll see how that goes. And Gallup, you know, who just got paid big time. Uh, I, I, ex- I expect to see results, Mr. Gallup, sir. Now, I am going to take my – I'm not going to rush him. I mean, you know, still has to like that, but I expect results. And by the end of the season, I better see some results. Or else, well, everybody's been warned. All right? That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. So, Mr. McSwain, why don't you tell us, also tell the folks where they can find you and the show? Right. So – you can find me on Twitter at Joshua D. McSwain. I post links to my show there every week. Other assorted thoughts I have. Some good takes, some not so good ones. I just hope to talk about the good ones and minimize the bad ones. Well, it's like I said, it's merely a judgment call. So before I give the final message for my sponsors, uh, I'd like to give a uh, shout-out to my buddy from 105 Through the Fan, Mr. K. Twiz. Uh, just want to let everybody know, you know, uh, that you know, he recently lost his wife, and I sent my deepest condolences to him and his family. K. Twiz, if you're listening to this, shout-outs for you, buddy. And if you ever want to be on the show, you are more than welcome to. Would love to have you on. And, again, I send my deepest condolences to you and your family, God and your late wife. God rest your beautiful soul. And, I, again, I'm, I'm deeply sorry for your loss. And I like to remind everybody that Cowboys Talk is a is a excuse me proudly brought to you by Fanatics. That Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel, and Fanatics offers over five hundred thousand items from all the top brands such as the NFL, the NBA, MLB, the NHL, and so much more, including Major League Soccer. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, just use Cowboys Talk's links in the episode description. You can start shopping and take advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans out there, WWEShop.com is now part of the Fanatics experience. So if you're looking to get your pro wrestling merch, just find a link in the episode description, get your pro wrestling merch, and again, take advantage of the best deals in the world. And also, Cowboys Talk is proudly brought to you by Paramount+, Plus, where you stream live sports as well as your favorite shows from CBS, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and so much more. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now, and even you can get a free trial. So if you're looking to subscribe, just find the link, set up your account, start binge-watching sports and your favorite shows, 
And finally, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Mr. McSwain, it has been an honor to have you back. And honestly, I cannot wait to have you back on again soon. Thank you so much for having me on. Looking forward to next time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all take it easy now. Y'all have a good night.